I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Open up your high school yearbook and you might find a section called Senior Superlatives, where certain members of the outgoing class are giving descriptive titles, such as Class Clown or Most Likely to Succeed. Charles Domery wasn't given a senior superlative upon graduating, but if he had, it probably would have been something like Most Likely to Put an All-You-Can-Eat Buffet Out of Business. Born in Poland in 1778, Charles grew up in a house with eight other brothers, And all nine children seemed to suffer from the same condition. They loved to eat. Actually, love is the wrong word. Charles and his brothers had to eat, constantly. When he was 13, young Charles started gaining a reputation for his unusual appetite, which involved eating his parents out of house and home. And that insatiable hunger often caused him to make unwise decisions. 13 happened to be the age at which Charles joined the Prussian army, which he quickly regretted. There was a food shortage at the time, and even though he'd been granted extra rations, the young soldier couldn't handle not being able to gorge himself at a moment's notice. During one particular battle, Charles traipsed across enemy lines and surrendered himself to the French. The opposing commander was taken with the boy's tenacity and offered him a melon. Charles wolfed it down immediately, rind and all. The French general then buttered him up with even more delicious eats, all of which culminated in Charles switching sides. He joined the French Revolution Army, but even their offer of double rations wasn't enough for him. While stationed near Paris for a year, Charles allegedly ate over 170 cats, and he didn't always kill them first. And when he couldn't find any real food, stray or otherwise, he filled his belly with four to five pounds of grass each day. But surprisingly, he wasn't a large person. Well, not around the middle. As an adult, he was tall for the time, measuring six feet three inches in height. His hair was long and brown, and it framed a pair of cool gray eyes, all which sat upon an average-sized body. Charles's eating habits only grew more atrocious as he got older, though. He wasn't known to cook his meat. In fact, he often threw it up if it was boiled or roasted first. And he didn't care what kind of meat it was. He ate anything and everything. While surfing aboard the French ship Oche, Charles witnessed one of his fellow sailors lose a leg to cannon fire. He then picked up the leg and went to town on it, ripping the flesh from the bone with his teeth, chomping away like it was one of those Renaissance Fair turkey legs. 
Another crewmate saw what was happening and fought Charles for the limb. He pried it from his hands and tossed it overboard. When he was taken prisoner by the British in 1798, Charles's captors were forced to feed him more and more rations each day. He was eventually eating enough for 10 men on a daily basis. He even ate the rats that crawled through his cell. The head of the prison eventually saw what he was capable of and placed him in the care of the Royal Navy's doctors, who conducted experiments on Charles. They wanted to see how much he could really put away. Everything kicked off on September 17th of 1799. Dr. J. Johnston and his colleagues began by feeding Charles four pounds of raw cow udder at four o'clock in the morning. Several hours later, he ate a dozen large tallow candles, five pounds of raw beef, and then drank an entire bottle of porter, all within the span of just one hour. At lunchtime, he swallowed another pound of tallow candles and five more pounds of beef, all of which he washed down with three more bottles of porter. He ate like someone who had never known what it was like to be full. Charles finished the rest of the beer and candles just after 6 p.m. and finally felt satiated. But the doctors weren't just shocked by the amount of food he had consumed. Not once did Charles vomit or go to the bathroom during the entire ordeal. He even danced a bit before heading to bed that night. So, what caused this man to eat an army's worth of food every day? His condition was attributed to everything from hyperthyroidism to a damaged amygdala. But the fact was that nobody knew exactly why one person could devour everything in his path without any negative side effect. Charles Domery was the kind of guy who could unironically say, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse, and then do so right before your eyes. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. But when she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier. And these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. 
Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. If social media has taught us anything, it's that people will perform increasingly dangerous and stupid stunts as long as others are watching. Jumping off the roof into a pool, swallowing laundry detergent capsules, and dangling off high-rise buildings are just some of the idiotic things people have done for nothing more than a little internet clout. But before people were risking their lives for strangers online, they were doing it for strangers in real life. And one particular activity seemed to capture the world by storm during the 19th and early 20th century. Walking backward. Among the earliest attempts at long-distance backward walking was in a stunt performed by Englishman Darby Stevens. In 1817, he made a bet for 50 guineas that in 20 days, he would walk 500 miles. Apologies if the song is now stuck in your head. He was aided by a 600-foot-long rope that he held onto whenever necessary, but no one today knows whether he actually completed the trip. Daniel Crisp decided to try his luck the following day. He showed up at the same spot, but didn't use the rope. He managed to leisurely stroll 280 miles backward in just a week. The press was less than enthused by the effort, with one paper writing that walking backward, and I quote, is encouraged for the very worst purposes, and the public disgust will be still more excited when we state that it was meant to continue these vicious scenes throughout the whole of the summer. Several years later, another gentleman named John Townsend pulled off a number of backward-walking feats. Townsend, who hailed from Bath, England, started with a distance of 21 miles in just 6 hours and 45 minutes. He followed it up with a second walk, measuring 38 miles, which he completed in 12 hours. In 1823, Townsend traversed 73 miles in just 24 hours across Bristol, followed by a record-breaking 74 miles a few months later. During one busy period that year, he also managed to walk backward 64 miles every day for nearly two weeks. And frequent listeners to this podcast may remember Plenty Wingo, who walked around the world between April of 1931 and October of 1932. He became a minor celebrity, publishing a book about his travels and earning himself a spot on Johnny Carson's Tonight Show in the 1970s. But before Plenty, there was Patrick Harmon, he was born in Ohio in 1865 and got into backward walking around 1915 after moving to Seattle, Washington with a friend. They had been through a lot and were planning to start their lives over. Harmon settled into his new life in Washington by exploring the woods and mountains around his home backward. It became a regular hobby for him to walk the various local trains in reverse. However, in August of that year, he was nearly 50 years old and Harmon kicked off the walk of his life. And of course, it all happened because of a bet. A big one, too. His goal was to walk backward from San Francisco across the country to New York City. If he made it in 260 days, he would win a whopping $20,000. Harmon ventured out with his friend, William Balthazar, 
who walked ahead of him facing forward. Balthazar made sure that there was nothing in his buddy's path that might trip him up or cause him injury. Four days into his journey, Harmon reached California, the official starting point for his trip. 53 days later, he arrived in Salt Lake City, Utah, covering an average of 22 miles per day. Harmon was in fine shape by this point, and attributed his success to the muscles that he had built up in his ankles. By December, he reached Nebraska, then Iowa, where he suffered frostbite on his nose and one of his ears, and yet still he kept on going. And for better or worse, his performance inspired others to follow in his footsteps, so to speak, including two boys in Iowa. One of those boys, a young man named Sam Quitno, bet $100 that he could walk a mile in 15 minutes backward. He even put up the money to show how serious he was. Others got in on the wager, and after a little bit, Sam jetted off. Spectators followed him in cars and trucks to keep track of his movements. He won with the final time of 14 minutes and 37 seconds. Meanwhile, Harmon headed off to Chicago, where a movie company made a film about his arrival in February of 1916. And finally, on May 22nd, three months later, Harmon had completed his trip to New York City. One paper described how he triumphantly climbed the steps of City Hall, backward, of course, and met with the mayor to honor his victory. And although he told everyone that he'd made it in only 239 days, a whole 21 days under the deadline, he had actually finished his cross-country trek in 291 days. Harmon eventually returned to Seattle, where he went back to his old job as a railroad worker. The $20,000 that he'd been promised never materialized, and it was believed that the wager hadn't ever truly existed. Patrick Harmon, whose real name was revealed to be Patrick O'Rourke, seemingly didn't do it for the money. He simply did it because he could. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.